From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson has been making some headlines. Last week, Wisconsin senior senator told a Milwaukee radio host that the deadly riot that occurred at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, quote, didn't seem like an armed insurrection to me. He said he'd like to find out whether any firearms were confiscated and how many shots were fired. Johnson's comments prompted more calls for him to resign or for voters to throw him out of office next November if he decides to run for governor or for a third term in the Senate. Do you think these comments will hurt Johnson as he is contemplating whether to make some kind of a bid in 2022? Oh, I mean, Ron Johnson's got a history of saying things that are kind of outside the mainstream or really perturb uh, Democrats and, and liberals. So that's nothing necessarily new. I don't know if these are more outraged than anything else that he's said before or more damaging. The thing that people I talk to took more note of is that he's also started to kind of openly question Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, and his approach to Donald Trump. And that's kind of an interesting to people, uh, insiders, because there's a history there where Ron Johnson is not a big fan of Mitch McConnell's because in 2016, Nash Republicans pretty much left him on his own as he sought re-election, didn't really come in and help him to the very end. So Johnson's kind of had a an attitude since then of like, you know, he won re-election without their help. He doesn't necessarily have to, to bow down to the leader about uh, his wishes or how he'd like to do things. But if Johnson runs again in 2022 for the Senate, he's going to need outside help. Uh, this is going to be, be a very expensive race. Again, the comments, you know, Ron Johnson said lots of things um, to his supporters. He's just somebody who tells the truth and is just honest about his feelings. Uh, to liberals, you know, he's outside the mainstream. But really, I think people are kind of watching what's this all say about Ron Johnson in 2022? Because here we are a year and a half out from the election. And he hasn't, as far as I know, hasn't hired a campaign team. He's not actively building an operation to to run for office. And that's kind of a an odd approach if you are going to run for another term. Right. And at the same time, a number of interest groups are running TV ads across Wisconsin against Johnson, highlighting some of these things and his unwavering support for former Republican President Donald Trump, who was impeached on a charge of inciting an insurrection. Why do you think Johnson's critics are targeting him so early, seeing as though the election isn't until November of next year, and it may even be a moot point if he doesn't run? Well, because, you know, election cycles never stop. I mean, campaigns are gearing up already for the, the presidential race in 2024. You know, the Tom Nelson got into the Senate race last fall. You know, there's just never an end to the cycle anymore. And if you look across the map, Republicans have a tougher map in 2022 than they did in 2020. They've got to defend an open seat in Pennsylvania, an open seat in North Carolina, an open seat in Ohio. If you add Wisconsin to that mix, that's a lot of open seats in states that, you know, I mean, Ohio's trending fairly Republican, but there would be real races there possibly. Uh, they got a tougher map than Democrats do. So people are getting organized because they see that map and Democrats see an opportunity. I mean, Ron Johnson's numbers in the Marquette poll last year were not great. They're largely in the 30s. He's not been actively fundraising, which is 
uh, you know, an interesting choice for somebody who's thinking about running for a third term. And don't forget, too, Ron Johnson in 2016 promised he was going to serve two terms. That was going to be it. So if he runs for a third, he'd be breaking that pledge. That's something he's going to after, he would have to answer the voters for about why he's taking that would be taking that step after making that promise. Um, now, you know, politicians change their minds before, but it's just another thing in the mix that would make Johnson vulnerable in 2022. And if he doesn't run, uh, Democrats can keep building infrastructure now, getting people in place, get ready for uh, what could be a very expensive race for if it was an open seat. Well, then, late last week, Kenosha native and former White House chief of staff to Trump, Reince Priebus, announced he's thinking of running for one of the top offices next year, either governor or U.S. Senate. Were you surprised, and what do you make of this news? Uh, Reince's name's been floated before, somebody uh, who might run statewide in Wisconsin. Uh, The way it was kind of pitched to me was that or described to me was that Reince is being approached and being asked if what he thinks about running, being kind of like courted a little bit more than he's pitching people an idea of him running. Um, a couple of things. One, Reince Priebus doesn't live in Wisconsin really full-time anymore. He's out in D.C. He's been out there for a while. Remember, he was a state Republican uh, Party chair in Wisconsin, won the national party chairmanship, has been out there pretty much ever since, I believe, or at least for the last half dozen years. Um, he's got great connections nationally, got great fundraising connections, but I don't know how deep his roots from the grassroots in Wisconsin anymore because he's been away for a while. And there's also a big difference between talking about running and actually running. There are only two Republicans right now that I see who are in the mix of potential candidates in 2022 um, for governor who are, or for U.S. Senate besides Ron Johnson who are actively doing things. One's Rebecca Clayfish, a former lieutenant governor, One's Kevin Nelkison, the uh, former U.S. Senate candidate. They both created advocacy groups uh, that they've been doing some work with. Uh, Clayfish has a PAC that she's been using to raise money and uh, make donations to legislative candidates. I mean, they're building a network and an infrastructure right now. That's a sign to me they're serious. So there are a plethora of names who are kicking around the idea of running statewide in 2022. But until you start building that infrastructure, building that operation, it's just talk. So might Priebus run? Sure. But right now, until I see you know him putting boots on the ground and some kind of like operation together, it's hard to see that this is really more than just kind of conversations going on and somebody pondering it. Maybe he pulls a trigger, but he'd have to start getting a, an operation together soon if he's going to do that. In another development, details are starting to emerge from Democratic Governor Tony Evers' budget address last week. It turns out Evers included an item that would expand early voting in Wisconsin. Each municipality could decide when early voting should begin, instead of early voting being restricted to just the two weeks before the election, like it is now. Former President Trump went to court in Wisconsin, claiming massive fraud following the results of the November election here. Given that, what do you think are the chances of the Republican-controlled legislature passing this item in the budget? None. I mean, they want to restrict it more than it already is. Uh, they actually passed a law to ease the restriction they had proved earlier because a federal judge had put that previous restriction on hold. Um, then the second one that was a little more loose was signed off by a court. So honestly, if they could, they'd restrict it more. I mean, Republicans are not going to agree to anything that's going to expand hours of voting or days that you can go vote early. They're looking at things that in their minds are about election integrity about tightening up the requirements for people who vote um, 
and claiming the indefinitely confined status. So there's not going to be any movement there. And quite frankly, they're going to probably propose a bill at some point in the session that would change rules on absentee voting and things like that. And there's zero chance the government is going to sign that bill. So we're going to be at a standoff where both are appealing to their bases because Democrats, generally speaking, think that there should be uh, more opportunities to vote and that the uh, rules are too strict. Republicans think that those proposals from Democrats lead to fraud and they're not going to allow that, and away we go. So there's a, there's no chance it's going to make it in the final budget. And finally, Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss seemed stunned that Evers didn't mention in his budget address an item that would partially roll back Act 10, Republican Governor Scott Walker's bill from 10 years ago that gutted collective bargaining rights for public unions in Wisconsin. Why do you think Evers left that out of his address? Uh, that was actually one of the, kind of the big questions last week that so an interesting approach. I mean, the theme of the speech was the Badger bounce back, and Governor Evers hit on that time and time again. But you know, people I talked to said noted that it wasn't just repealing parts of Act Ten. There was also there other changes to labor laws, proposed increase in minimum wage. The governor could have couched that as something he wanted to do to help raise wages for middle income earners. There's a way to address that that doesn't kind of really necessarily reignite the old Act 10 fight, but he just didn't get, didn't dive into that. And, you know, insiders kind of thought that was odd. You know, the governor's backers say it's because he's focused on that the entire recovery, recovery from COVID-19, recovery from the pandemic, that he really tried to stress things like the $200 million he wants to put in through the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation uh, to help companies get back on their feet. They He wanted to focus on things like that, and he did, but there's so much in that budget that or things that appealed to his base uh, that he just didn't bring up and people thought it was kind of an interesting omission that he didn't focus on it if he really cared about it. And oh, by the way, don't forget, Governor Evers had a budget two years ago that did not call for repealing of Act 10. So people are kind of wondering why he included it now if he didn't do it two years ago. That's wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.